Hello everyone, welcome to the Money Club series. I am Zah, your wealth master, and I am joined by my favorite Arab. Favorite Arab? Sam Eljabad. That's a very nice compliment. You are my favorite Arab. There's many Arabs out there, so yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'm friends with a lot of Arabs, I'll and you that. are my favorite. Why? That beard just does it for <laughs> me, man. Oh wow, it's uh, it's heavy. It's it's taken care of weekly, man. So it's a it's a process. How are you, Sam? Good, man. Good. You been well? Very busy. You Very look busy. really good today. Trim. Trim. Yeah. I've been training. Do you work I've been trying. I've been trying. It's hard to find the time when you're busy. It's hard to find time. But, but it's important. You have to make time. You yeah. have to make time. So thank you, though. Uh, You've been cleaning up your diet. Yes. Uh, you've seen what I've been doing in the office. Um, bringing some veggies, tuna, rice. Eating as clean as I can. Um, yeah, just trying to trying to be healthy, man. That that explains the healthy beard, right? That's You've got it, some yeah. uh, healthy growth that's there. That's right. It's going to come from a healthy diet, man. So that's it. So uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about teams, the money team. What? The money team. The money team. The people, pretty much the people who are going to influence you in your life regarding money, I would say. Um, so we're going to dive deep into each. I guess important one that we found through our journey and everyone's going to have these people and if you don't have these people in your in your sort of group you need them so they're going to help you along the way. I think we look at financially successful people and what we see is on the surface it's one person but what we don't understand is what goes behind that one person like for me for example I have this team that I've built over you know over a decade um, of just re solid relationships of people I can turn to and I'm still building my team now like I'm still looking for really good people to join my team and everybody's different right because everybody's got this different path yep. to success uh, everybody's got different goals and objectives and it's got to fit in with your strategy so you know, like we, we have, you know, people on our team that, you know, it's not just property, you know, it's not just, um, you know, a legal team or anything like that. It's really a combination and it's a big effort, right, from everybody to mm. get to, to your goal. And I think everyone needs to understand they need to build relationships with people on their team and, and nurture those relationships to help them get to where they want to go. Yeah. I think in our space that we deal with in professional sense, uh, we develop these naturally, we need them. But really when you look into it and when we go through it, you're going to find that even if you're not in a professional service like we are, you need these people and you need them in your life to help you get where you're going. Um, so yeah, I think uh, once, once people go through and listen to these people, uh, they're going to identify either they're in their life or not. And if they're not in there, you're lacking. You need these people. Well, speaking of the money team, right, yeah. which comes from obviously Floyd Mayweather, he, he, he himself is one of the richest mm. um, sportsmen in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's not just him. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? he'd, he'd have a massive team. Massive team. Massive his entourage team. is massive, right? He's got his trainers. He's got his masseuses. He's got um, his uh, chefs and security guards. Yeah, he's got like five everything. Of them, and he's got like five he, cars. he wouldn't be here today uh, without you know those people backing him. So, you know, like I credit my team for for my success and i guess um people listening to this podcast or watching this video uh you know you guys need to know that you know your team is critical mm. because if you have one person who is like a, a bad team member it's like a cancer mm. and you know in, in a football team if someone's not performing well what happens mm. we cut them yeah. right so let's dive into um i think we've got 10 people or 11 people here 10 or on 11 our team. key key 
key players. So the first one we want to talk about, which is really important, is a mentor. Yeah, that's sort of a foundational type uh, influence in your life. So I think the way I looked at it uh, when, when we were coming up with these ideas is that the mentor you first start with, you don't even get to choose. You're just given your family, more or less your parents, they're given to you. You don't get to choose them. You just uh, absorb what they're doing, their characteristics, their traits. So really the first one I've found, uh, a, founda a foundational mentor is your parents or your family, maybe siblings if they're older than you and growing, uh, going through different things in life first. Uh, so the mentor is, is probably the, uh, a, a key one, foundational one is the family. There are other ones which we'll go through, but the family is one of the most uh, influential and foundational ones. With us, Sam, we're actually mm. quite lucky because both of our parents, they're still together. Yeah. You know, There's a massive divorce rate here mm. in Australia and it's unfortunate that a lot of marriages don't last, but sometimes they break up for the better. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're quite fortunate that our parents are still together. And um, you know, I learned some amazing things from my parents and look when it comes to money they taught me you know the fundamentals and all of that sort of stuff and now I've now upgraded my money mentors but my parents had a huge influence on, on, on me and that's where I guess a lot of your belief systems start from right like when you talk to people and sometimes they say oh you know money doesn't grow on trees and all of that sort of stuff it's all old school mentality it's all old school mentality yeah. right so you know it's it's sort of important to go okay recognize it yes but also understand that you know your parents are the people that you know sort of get you kick-started in right. terms of mentorship yeah. um, I guess for me I guess my first mentor outside of my parents was um, a guy who was a business owner um, back in my hometown. Um, I actually visited him the other day, uh, which was um, a really good experience because I hadn't seen him for a few years. And uh, he, he, he was really funny, right, because he's in his 50s. Um, and he said to me, it was like almost like a, an old, old mafia boss saying, <laughs> you know, your Zai, your father is like, a mentor to me, you know, <laughs> and my dad is uh -huh. in his 70s yeah. and, you know, um, you know, his name's Vince, he's mm -hmm. in his 50s and I'm in, I'm in my 30s, right? So I always looked up to him, you know, back 20 years ago yeah. when, when I lived in my hometown, yeah. um, not just as a, as a businessman, but also as a, as a family man and he's quite successful um, and, you know, he's, you, you always turn to these guys, right? Like I turned to him the, a, a few days ago, uh, I needed, you know, just... I wanted to number one say hello to him but i needed some guidance on some other things and you know he was you, you need these types of people um another mentor of mine was um a guy i worked with in in, in the nightclub industry and um you know a lot of people think you know it, it's it's john ibrahim but it's not him right it's it's someone else and um he's you know a successful businessman now he owns a, a successful uh you know, a concreting company and a boxing gym. And, you know, I learned so much of him, right? And it's really funny because these mentors, you think that you're going to learn money management skills or something off them. But what I learned from him was just do really good business, mm. never rip anyone off. And what will happen is you'll have longevity in mm. what you're doing. Mm. And like, mm. those are the principles that you really need from mm. a mentor. Mm. Because all of the little details, mm -hmm. like, you can figure that out later on. Yeah, each mentor is going to give you something different. And I guess that's why you're chasing another mentor. So if that one mentor is not giving you what you need, you'll probably seek someone out, just naturally. 
Yeah, well, you upgrade, right? Well, you sort of upgrade. Yeah, yeah you, you sort upgrade. of absorb that yeah. guy's knowledge. Uh, not discarded him. He's still your mate. But yeah. like you're like, okay, I'm doing this stuff now. Maybe I'll talk to this bloke or I know him. He's been doing it. So you're sort of just expanding your network. Yeah, look, I've got I've got other mentors now, right? Yeah. That are trying to you know um, teach me to be like them, mm -hmm. and I've had to go above, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you've got to continuously seek above. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Um, so in my situation, my first mentor was still in about my teenage years. It was my friend's older brother. And he got into Kiyosaki at that time. So I was about 14. He was, about, he was in uni at that time, my friend's older brother. And he gave me that book, um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And so from that time on, I think I was about year nine. That's when I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty interesting. That book was a, a killer book. And he became my mentor, my brother's older friend for about four or five years because he was delving into that space, economics and business and all that kind of stuff. And whenever I would go to his house, he'd always be reading the book. I'm like, tell me about it, blah, blah, blah. So um, yeah, sort of you, you're finding people that have an interest that you like, you're spending time with them and you're eventually going to pick up their traits and, and sort of level up with them and, and gain their knowledge. So very important people. Isn't that very amazing? 14 years old, right? And you're watching someone who's what? Four or five years older than you. Yeah, he's about twenty years old. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you're looking at someone who's not too far away from you, and you're seeing what they're doing, yeah. and they're they're reading books, and yeah. they're they're talking the language of you know personal development and all mm. of that sort of thing, and it it really built the foundations for your career it essentially, the right? He sparked the interest, and it's really important with who you hang around, right? Because you know a lot of 14, 15 year olds are hanging out at the train station, smoking cigarettes, doing shit things, right? That all deserve to be slapped. And then, may, where you were reading books, mm. right? Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, which has changed millions of people's lives. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's it's so important who you hang around at such an early age. You touched on a good thing just then. I didn't hang out at train stations. One of the reasons I didn't do that is my dad and my mum. So they were very uh, careful about who I hanged with. They, they didn't vet them, but you know they were always monitoring. So I had good family. Good family, My dad good would parents. have belted me if he found out I was hanging around train stations. Exactly. So that foundational mentor of the family unit, having a strong family unit is going to tee you up for as, as, to be as successful as you can. It's a very foundational uh, point. Very important. Very important. Now, one last thing yeah. on mentors. If you can't find a mentor, like... Yeah. It's very common. Like people are just don't want to connect with people. There's a lot of people who are too busy now. Like I get asked all the time, you yeah. know, Zar, can you be, be my mentor, be my mentor? <laughs> and all of that sort of thing. And unfortunately, I just don't have time for everybody, right? Like I, I have, you know, barely enough time for my clients. Mm. But what you can do is I like to call them silent mentors yep. where you get you tap into podcasts like this. Um, there's books, yep. there's YouTube, there's uh, courses out there that you can buy online. Um, and you can really almost get to know people very, very intimately through the content that they produce. Mm. And you can pick up their habits, yep. you can pick up on their knowledge, implement it into your life and become very successful. So silent mentors. That's coming out from tech. Tech's allowed that. When we were growing up, our, our mentors were whoever we could hang out with. Really? Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. So we were limited. We, we sort of had to find the best dude we could in our sort of circle of friends yeah. and hang out with them if we wanted to sort of get some benefits uh, and learn stuff. So it was very hard back in the day with tech. You sort of have no reason not to get a mad mentor because they're all online. They're all available. It's free. Any time of the day, you just go on YouTube. Man. Like you Robert anyone. Kiyosaki, for example. We've never met him before. 
And we don't want to, right? <laughs> we actually don't want to meet him. But he's got like 20 books out there. Um, he's got unbelievable amount of content. Online content. That you don't actually need to meet this bloke. Trust me, you don't want to meet him. You know what I mean? Because you, you don't need to. There's no point. Yeah. Let's move on. Number two. Next one. Is a broker. Very important or a person. Banker, or Someone in an finance. Investor. Someone in finance. Money. In money. Someone in money. So we have. A, I've built a really good relationship with one finance broker over the last few years, and I found him. To, found him to be very crucial in helping me with my journey. So I can just run ideas by him, with him knowing my story and what I'm trying to achieve. He can sort of help me navigate what not to do with some finance deals. Uh, just case in point, I was going to buy a car and get a little bit of a loan just to help with cash flow. And I was going out for a property purchase. He said, don't do it because it's going to severely affect your servicing. You won't get the deal. So I said, okay. Without him in that corner and just having that touch point, I might have fucked up. So, you know, having a broker, it's easier for us to have these guys in our corner because we deal with them. But if you can leverage us or maybe just find someone in your network, they're going to be very helpful and, and eliminate some of the errors you might might incur. So our broker, Aaron, yeah. who, who we use, is actually our best friend oh, because we you call need daily. you need <laughs> you need to be best friends with your broker. Why? Because they're going to get you the money, right? If you're going to buy a one million dollar property, you're not really going to pay a million dollars in cash because you know that's not an efficient way of buying property right you might be putting down 150 grand or 100 grand uh -huh. and you're going to need to get the other 900 grand from somewhere um you know so you're going to have to be best friends with your broker right because he's the one who's getting you the money now um other than broker that you've got investor right so it could be a hard money lender um, or a private money lender, private which is, lender. they're sort of the same thing, but someone that has money, you need a money source, right? So I'm constantly building relationships with people that have money, mm -hmm. as in capital, yep. so that I can bring deals to them mm. so they can invest in and I can give them a return. So that way we can do more work, yeah. right? So having an investor, a money source, someone you can tap into for funds will allow you to keep growing because without funds, I mean, it's the old saying, you need money to make money. And these guys are going to get you money. It's key to investing. So whether it's getting someone else's funds or the bank's funds, you need these people. Otherwise, you can't invest, really. Because we only have a limited amount of cash we have. We need mm. to leverage. So very important people. And they're part of the, one of the biggest transactions in your life, really. And if you're doing these multiple times... You want someone in your corner that's going to help you do these deals. Well, you, some people won't even spend half a million dollars on a car. It's like unrealistic, right? So, but they'll spend half a million dollars, if not more, on a property. So you want to make sure that, number one, you're able to get the money at a decent rate on some really good terms. Um, but at the same time, you're making the right decision in terms of structuring it. And that's what a broker can do. They can help you with the structures. Um, and, you know, like a lot of people just go to the bank yeah. and they go, give me a loan. Big mistake. Right? Yeah. Where the broker, well, a good broker, not just any broker, right? Someone like Aaron will be able to coach you through that whole structuring process. Pros and cons, options. He'll give you the option and, and sort of help you navigate that space because we're not experts in that. We're not experts in finance. He'll help us do that. And you're basically shopping for money. So what you want to do is you want to sh get someone to shop that out for you so you can get the best deal rather than just going to the one uh, bank or the one person getting the one package where you can go to someone like Aaron and get a hundred different packages, right? Maybe even more. Mm -hmm. And then you can really sort of cipher down which one you're going to go with. Exactly. Very important person.
Who's the next one? Number three, a legal Ooh, team. Legal guys. Legal team. So Expensive you know, guys. <laughs> man, they're killers, but you need them. You uh, need there's them. There's a reason we pay them a lot of money. And I've got a really big legal team because I've got experience in all types of legal stuff. Mm -hmm. Company law, mm -hmm. tax law, family law, even criminal law, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, there's so much... Uh, to do with legals when it comes to making money and um, you know like it's it's some some people just they end up just using maybe a family lawyer yeah. and you know a family lawyer can do all things like look over you know contracts and all of that sort of stuff but you want legals that specifically specialize in different areas right so for example I've got two or three property lawyers mm -hmm. on my books. Yep. They review contracts, yep. they review my leases, um, they advise me on property deals, all of that sort of stuff. They put, put together vendor finance deals, like all of that type of stuff. Yep. So that's the property side of things. Um, then you've got a tax lawyer, which mm -hmm. you know, you obviously- I deal with them a lot. You deal with them a lot. You know, you need, they're separate. Right? So you need to have these different relationships with different types of lawyers. And you know, criminal lawyers, for example, like we're, people don't think they need them. But look, I'm going to say, tell a story, right? Because I've got a, plenty of interesting stories. We're, this, was, this is going back about 12 years ago now. But we were, we were driving back from a function and I actually had uh, my head of security with me. And um, he had some performance enhancing drugs in his bag. And what happened, because I was uh, from the King's Cross days, what happened was I got pulled over mm -hmm. and the police searched the car because of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I had my head of security in there. Yep. Now, basically, the, the police at the time didn't care about the security. All they cared about was pinning me with something. So what they did is they found these steroids in the car, right, which were in my uh, security guard's bag. Mm -hmm. And what they were trying to do was they were trying to pin it on me, mm -hmm. right? And my, my security, my head of security, right, the most loyal guy in the world. He's actually fighting tonight, this guy, oh, wow. right? He's a cage fighter. Anyway, he, he took the rap. Mm -hmm. well, it was his anyway, but yeah. he took the rap, mm -hmm. but even though the police wanted to pin it on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Now, because he was so forthcoming with taking that rap, we, had to, we needed a criminal lawyer to, 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 they were charging him, right? Fortunately, the criminal lawyer was able to get him off on a section 10, mm -hmm. meaning that he didn't lose his security license and wow. he didn't do any jail time. Wow. Right? So, something so simple as that, and I know like that's a bit of a taboo topic because no one wants to talk about their hard times when, you know, they had to, they, they, they were getting accused of something and all of that bullshit, right? But it's the truth. Mm. You're going to run into it one day where you may need it, mm. right? And a good criminal lawyer is going to help you get out of shit when you have it's to. It's a very good example. It's, it's just about having the right people in your network. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, that's all that example is um, highlighting is when you need to call upon these people, make sure you've got someone in your corner. Yeah. I, I, I use it daily with, with tax. Like you said, I use a lot of tax lawyer or a few, a couple of good ones. Uh, and what that allows me to do as part of my service to my clients coming from a tax point of view is really give them some good insight. So they can't always go direct to a lawyer, it might be too expensive or just a few different types of small questions that I can then answer for the client and they're happy. They've got that sort of advice through the lawyer through me. 
And we've got to understand, we live in a very litigious, is it litigious? Litigious, yeah. Litigious society. You sued and shit. Right? You're going to get sued. <laughs> People are going to accuse you they of things. They want to bring you down. They're going to want to bring you down. There's governing authorities that are trying to squeeze more out of you as you become more successful. Now, like the, my security, my head of security, who was banking on his security license for a job as a source of income, we needed to save that, mm. right? Yeah. Like he did a solid by t taking the rap, so it took the heat off me, mm -hmm. right? But we, we also saved his career, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So you need to understand that people are out to get you, not just with little things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not such a little thing. It can turn into a really big thing, but even with tax, right? Like if you've, you know, somehow, you don't know. You could have broken the law, but you yep. just didn't know. Yep. You're going to need help need getting lines. out of that, yep. right? Yep. So a, a solid legal team, not just a family lawyer who's, you know, your uncle's best mate who's been around for 70 years or whatever, is, is not going to do the yep. job, right? You need different lawyers in different areas so that you can call on them whenever, you know, trouble arises. Mm, 100%. Next one, man. What's the next? Ooh. Ooh. The most important maybe team member of the money team <laughs> yeah. the accountant the accountant all right the not so much the most important but a very critical one um being an accountant i've never really had the experience of having engaged an accountant but through dealing with my clients i know that i'm quite important because they come to me with so many different types of questions purely because i deal with a lot of numbers all the time that's and i and because i'm dealing with such a broad client base and I would receive a lot of different types of queries I usually have an answer for them and they know that so they come to me all the time with questions half of my time spent is answering questions so and the other uh, half is speaking to me about my problems yeah, you take up 80% of my week mate 80% of the week mate no so um, and happy to do it uh, and I enjoy providing that advice um, and, and I think what I've come to find with, with an accountant is they're sort of like a GP. I like to refer them as a GP. I'm a GP for people in terms of money. You come to me yearly for a checkup. We do your tax return, we get you as much as we can back, we look at what you're doing and give you some advice. But then again, on top of that, if you have an issue, touching back into lawyers, brokers, blah, 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 I am then a referral source to give, to offload you to someone. If you're wanting to buy a property, you need to get your finance. We'll get Aaron. So I'm then referring you on to the professional to, to help you out in that instance. Sam, you yes. have come up with numerous analogies on these podcasts. Mm. And that has got to be the best one, the best one <laughs> right? That is so good. That is so good. You have actually never said that before. Haven't and it's, it's so good. It, it describes you perfectly because you have a network, right? Which is a team. And all of these people that specialize in different things. And we come to you mm. for that advice. And you're able to farm that out through a referral. That's you it. know, like it's just, it's so good, right? And everybody knows what a GP does. Because yeah. everybody knows what, what happens when they go to a doctor. But a lot of people don't know their personal finances. They don't know. They're even their company finances, right? It's easy to go to work mm. and make an income. Like, yeah. it's just easy. Yeah. All you do is provide a service and you've got income coming in. But it's not easy managing it. Mm. And hence the reason why we've got people like you. Yeah, so over, over time I've found that I'm a pivot point. So, uh, and I think what people should take away is that use your accountant. There, you see them once a year, it's a sort of good time frame. 
update them with what you're doing and, and get some referrals to a finance broker or to a financial planner, whatever you're needing. That guy, me, if you, if, if you want to join us, uh, will help you out. So a uh, very key, key person. And if you look in all the Godfather movies, blah, 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 the consiglieri, have you heard of that guy? He's like a lawyer accountant. He's always in the background. Yeah, that's you. Helping the Godfather, man. So we're very important That's people, you helping bro. me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't have a good relationship with an accountant, find one and get one because they're very important in your life. You know, that's interesting. Let's go back to that killer analogy, the GP. Sam. The GP analogy. A lot of people, like, for example, for myself, yeah. I get a blood checkup every year, once a year, right? It doesn't matter if there's nothing wrong with me. I just do it every year because I want to see how I'm tracking. Yep. I mean, you never know. There could be something wrong. Some stuff you can't see. Yeah, exactly can't right. So you want to know. Um, you know, so I do that every year, but I know a lot of people that don't, right? Um, people tend to go to the doctor only when they're sick mm. because they want to be diagnosed with something. They want to be diagnosed with whether it's COVID or flu or whatever it is, right? What people should do is it's before they get sick, right? Like you said, they need to come and see you at least once every, say, six months, yep, right? Yep. To check how they're doing. It's not up to us to, to contact those people. Mm -hmm. It's about you mm. doing that mm. by reaching out, mm. right? Because a lot of people, when do they come to us most of the time, Sam? When they fucked up. Or so when late. they're sick. Too late, yeah. When they're sick because they want a diagnosis, they want a prescription, they want a referral, right? And by that time, what, what, what happens at that time? It's, it's sort of too late. It's too late. It's too, you can fix it, but you'd rather be proactive and not run into that shit. A prevention's better than a cure. 100%. Right? Hence the reason why I always get my bloods checked every year, once a year, That's right? Mm -hmm. And look, if there could be something where my liver count might be out or my cholesterol's too high, and I've got a chance to go and fix up my diet and do the right thing by my body to avoid maybe mm. getting cancer or getting really sick with an illness, right? So that's what you gotta do with your finances. You wanna plan ahead. You wanna manage that, right? It's about being smart and proactive. Don't wait, don't wait to get sick. Use people, soundboard, that's all I am. Contact your accountant and get some feedback. Also known as the GP. GP. Oh, the next one is the, oh. probably the best one. <laughs> advisor. The advisor. The advisor. Advisor, so it could be in a range of different areas. Uh, so you've got different types, we'll say investments. You've got commodities, businesses, shares, and the most important one, property. So no, definitely. Um, before I've made any um, transactions in the property space, I've used yourself um, to help me out because you're an expert in that field. Very important people. If you're wanting to do stuff in your life, you need these people in your life to help you do the best you can. So um, if you don't have advisors in your corner, property guy, a share guy, whatever you're doing, get them in there. I think um, a property advisor, I want to use a killer analogy as well, and I want to what use medicine. Right? What do you got? What I'm do like you a got? plastic surgeon. <laughs> Right, so you can go to a shit property advisor and get these, you know, two thousand dollar bolt-on titties, right? And they're they're gonna fuck up on you in like two or three years' time. Or you could go to the king of titties, right, and spend twenty grand and know that you've got a lifetime guarantee. Basically, I'm the king of property, right? So you know that you're gonna get a quality asset in a quality location that you can hold on to forever. And I'm gonna be here forever, mm. right? Those are the type of advisors that you want. Like for example, commodities. I've got, I've got an advisor for commo commodities. He's actually a jeweler by trade. Wow. And he tells me you know, about 
the commodity market. Mm -hmm. And he actually sources the precious metals for me. Wow. Right? So, you know, I, t I, don't, I don't try and be that advisor. I don't try and be that expert. I turn to him. Yep. He knows my budgets. He knows what I'm looking for. He's already vetted me, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. he brings me deals. Yep. And I know that if I pour money into him and his expertise, I'm going to make money, right? Rather than, let's go back to property, where most people, what do they do? Realestate.com. Realestate.com. They go and find something on their own. And there's a big chance they're going to fuck that shit up right? Because they've never done it before. Mm. But they think, okay, I'm not going to pay an advisor because I'm a tight ass. I don't want to part with 10, 15 grand or whatever it's going to cost. So what do they do? Mm. They go out and buy a six, $700,000 asset by winging it. And you know what? They might hit it big, mm. but there's a big chance that they're going to stuff that up. 100%. I think you have to also be wary that just because they're deemed an advisor, just be careful and do something. Well, there's a lot of them on Instagram now, right? There's a lot of self-proclaimed experts out there, so be careful. Uh, but once you've got a good one and, and you've seen results and you're happy, use them all the time. They're going to help you. I think the one that a lot of our listeners um, would be able to take advantage of are a really good business advisor. And these guys are really hard to find because there's so many business coaches and business gurus out there um, spruiking their services. Mm -hmm. And my advice is just go and try them, yeah. right? And implement their strategies into your business. Give it three or six months. If it works, great, stick with them. If it doesn't, move on to the next advisor. Don't bitch and moan about how they're bad. Mm -hmm. Just move on because they're running a business as well. And once you, once you find that advisor that you really connect with and you can build a relationship with, stick with them for the long haul. Yeah, uh, I think these days you can vet a lot of people online. Most people are online these days, so just check them out online. If you're happy with what they're doing with other clients, use them. Use them. It's only, it's only you use them. They're good. You keep them. They're not good. You you leave them. It's it's um it's just that simple. And I think people get dwell on it for too long. When they get a bad advisor, they 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 just sit on it, and they 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 whinge and whine and they get negative about it and they it puts them off finding the next advisor but that's actually just telling you to go and find someone else yeah. and in business speed is the new currency mm -hmm. and you really need to move fast we don't have time to whinge and whine about how we're hard done by mm -hmm. just cop the loss take it as a lesson and move on, move on. and find someone because when you do find someone and you've hit the jackpot Man, pour everything into them and they'll give it back to you. That's worth all the pain. You have to siphon through all that shit to get to the good one. So it's worth the pain. A hundred percent. Ooh, what's the next one? Number six. Number six, your Ooh. spouse or partner. Very important. The old ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> We've touched on this a few times throughout our time uh, discussing different parts and different components of your money, relationship with money. And your partner is a very, very big component of your sort of, uh, it could be your financial success. So. Um, We've all had different partners throughout life and um, I've had my fair share uh, of experiences with one that wasn't so uh, financially savvy, okay? Not putting her down or anything like that, just wasn't on the same level, what I was trying to do, what we're trying to achieve. And if you don't have the people in your life, especially a partner that's with you day to day, you're trying to build a future together, rowing in the same direction as you, you're gonna go nowhere. So. Um, having a spouse or your partner in your life that you know you have to get along first and then having the same sort of financial goals is going to be very conducive to success. So I guess 
you know, if we're talking about finances now, yeah. you've got to be on the same page. That's it, 100%. Right? You can't, like you said, Sam, you can't have one rowing one way, one rowing the other way. If you're saving money and someone's spending all the money, well, you just, you're, you're level. You and I think it's okay when you're a kid, yeah. right? Like if you're, if you're young and you're dating and all of that sort of thing. But if you're starting to look at, you know, building a relationship with a life partner, mm. that life partner is going to really push you in the direction of where you're you know wanting to go so it can work both ways it's almost like leverage right yeah. you can, yeah. it can it can it can really propel you forward or it can kill you yeah. and you need to really figure out is this person the person that i want to spend the rest of my life with like i credit jade my wife to so much of my success because she's just been there mm -hmm. through the thick and thin, mm -hmm. like when everybody turned their backs on me, mm -hmm. right? And people are still turning their backs on me now. My wife has been there. And you know what? I was telling a group of clients yesterday who they're, they're a newly engaged couple mm. and you know, they, they kept, on, kept on asking me questions about my relationship with, with my wife. And I said to them, I said, look, the best thing that you can do, well, it doesn't even matter if you're married or not, mm. but the best thing you can do with your partner is build something together, yep. right? Other than a family, right? That I know that's just as rewarding, mm. probably more rewarding, but if you really want to test it out, build something together from nothing, yep. like a business or a career and do it together. Don't just do it as one person. Mm. Do it as two people doing it together. You'll go so much further and what will happen is you'll go through the ups and then you'll go through the downs. Now, the best part mm. is when you go through the downs. Mm. Because when you go through the downs, right, and you push through that resistance and you guys can still stay strong when it comes back up again, that equals a beautiful relationship. It's worked for me. You would have bonded so much down in, the, down in that lower part, right? You have to rely on each other because nothing else is happening, nothing else is working. Uh, so it's really gonna propel you forward if you can get through those times. And she's my best friend, right? right? Because of all of those hard times, we are now like inseparable. She's the one person I can rely on. And I think your spouse and your partner, it's probably up there is the most important the because most important. you spend the most time with them. I hope the people that are listening spending the most time <laughs> with their partners yeah. because it's, it's really important, right? Now, if your partner is at home, not working, doing drugs, drinking all day, bad shit, doing bad, doing bad shit. shit, right? Like, you're going to be exposed to that. It's going to bring you right? down. But if you go home mm. from a hard day's work and your, your, your wife or your husband is into personal development, they're reading, they're listening to podcasts, they're going to the gym, they're eating clean, all of a sudden you're going to pick up those habits and you're going to just move forward. You'll motivate each other. Right? You'll keep motivating each other, feeding off each other's uh, good energy. And then when you, when you sorry Sam, no, to, right. to, to interrupt you, but when you get a good result, you get to enjoy it together. Mm. Like enjoying a good result on your own is not that fun. Trust me. You just right? cheer yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like enjoying it with someone that you love is the most beautiful thing in life. No, I would agree. And another thing, just the tail end of that. You have to remember this spouse that you have, although you love them and you know, you're gonna spend the rest of your time uh, on earth with them, you're gonna have kids with them. And those habits are gonna go into your kids as well. So you really wanna be careful and just be on the same page in a lot of areas, not just romantically, as well as financially with these people because they're gonna be there for the long haul and gonna dictate how your kids are. You guys are gonna be the mentors, right? Yeah, exactly. So you wanna have a good foundational influence on your kids. That's the legacy. That's, That's the legacy. Um, number seven. This is your favorite one. Oh, this is very our, important. Our best friend downstairs, Ali, if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
barber slash hairdresser. He's my biz biggest expense. Now this could be a bit of a plug for one of my businesses for the girls, but um, <laughs> it is definitely very important. I mean, it's not just about hair. It's about taking pride in your presentation. We say barber as a sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek sort of yeah. joke, but it's about presentation. So, um, our, but our barbers are actually quite important to us. We get a haircut <laughs> all the time. So. Keeping a good appearance, it shows you take pride in yourself and you'll take pride in your work. So I think for, for anyone in business, uh, really uh, brush up on your presentation uh, and how you look, how you present, because in the end, people are going to judge you on that. And when they meet you, how you look and how you're presented is going to speak volumes before you even open your mouth. And I think the great Australian way is to be like, you know, pretty laid back, wear thongs and look like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? And that, you know, obviously that's the cool thing to do. Like we just went to Byron Bay yeah. and mate, you should see these people up there. They're just fucking dressed like shit, right? But that's the cool thing. That's the cool thing. But in business, you want to get money, you can't rock up like that. Right? You got it. You, you got to Are you going to give him money to That's invest? That's it. You got to look sharp. You know, look after your physique. You know, go to the gym. Eat good food so your skin looks good. Get groomed, right? Maintain the beard. Get the hair cut. Like, it, it's really important. We live in a judgmental society, right? A lot of people go, oh, but it's not all about looks and all of that sort of thing. But the reality is, it is. Unfortunately, it is. And like if that. you you don't have to look like a movie star, but if you look like you've put the effort in to look like a, a movie star, then you're going to get a lot further ahead. Presentation is everything. That's what marketing is. Mm. You are marketing yourself. You're marketing your personal brand. Like people wouldn't invest with me if I didn't have a strong personal brand, right? If I didn't look sharp every single day if i dressed like those people in fucking byron bay yeah, no, no way no, no way i wouldn't have a business right put shoes on man <laughs> i think uh, during one of our discussions this week when we we're here i think i think you said a good point you said something like how you do one thing is how you do everything how you do anything is how you do everything how you do anything is how you do everything I think that's that's very important because if you come across disheveled, unorganized, people are going to think that's how you act in your yeah. professional way. So they're not going to trust you with their tax. They're not going to trust you with their investments. I sat with a friend the other day and I said, I asked him, I was trying to obviously spruik our accounting services and, he, and I go, what's your accountant like? And he goes, oh mate, you know, like I went to the gym the other day and I seen him and He's just this fat fuck that sits on the <laughs> that sits on the bench and just like scrolls through his phone. And I can't help but think, how do you do anything is how you do everything. And he goes, he's probably a great accountant, but because of the way you guys present yourself, I'm going to bring the business to you. Mm. Now, the guy's probably a top tax guy, right? But he let himself down because he presented himself so poorly. So presentation is everything, guys. He, he lost credibility in the eyes of that client. So it's important. Some people look at that as being vain and a little bit, uh, you know, a bit self-centered. But it's the truth, man. People, people buy on first impressions. That's it. Number eight. Number eight. Business partners. Very, very key. Uh, man, I've had some bad experiences with business partners, Sam. Very, very bad experiences. A great experience with yourself, mm -hmm. but some very, very bad experience with business partners. And I can see why people don't take on business partners. Yep. They might have, been, might have been burnt in the past. They've listened to Zah tell his stories about all of his bad partnerships. And this is the truth about business partners. They can get you so much further ahead, but they can also slow you down. And 
Unfortunately, part of the process with business and trying to make money through business partnerships is going through the bad ones. Mm. So going through the ones that uh, going through the ones that rob you, going through the ones that betray you, going through the ones that stab you in the back. Mm -hmm. It's really, really important to just keep your head up, right? Because a really good one's just around the corner. Business partners, sort of like having a spouse, really, it, just in a financial sense, they're connected to you monetarily, right? Um, it's like a marriage, isn't it? And, and what happens in that case, their problems can become your problem. So as well as watching out for that kind of problem occurring, you have to just remember that that guy, just vet him, or girl, just vet him a lot because you might not know everything about him. He might bring some bad shit to the table that you, you're not aware of. Uh, so just be careful. Uh, you've had a lot of experience dealing with these things and can probably vet people a lot better than most. So I would just say to people, be careful. Uh, you need them to succeed. You can't do everything yourself. Just be careful and take your time assessing these guys. You become a good, you become a good judgment of character judgment after character. a while, don't you? Yeah. You know, because you start seeing little hints of what other people have done in the past. You've seen it before. And it only comes with experience. That's You've got to go through it. So don't expect your first partnership to, to really blossom. Um, expect your your you tenth started, one. You sort of come. You, I think you came to the conclusion to expect to be burnt at one stage. You're like, oh, it could happen. So you sort of always had it in your mind, right? Yeah, you, you've just got to. You get used to it. Yeah, you really do, and you become accustomed to it. Yeah. And you build this scar tissue that is is it enables you to endure it. Yeah. So now you know when people you know do a small rip on me or whatever it is, like it's like you know what. I knew that was going to happen. Earlier days, you would have been, oh, it's the end of the world. Now it's just like, okay. Mate, the whole, world, the whole world's Move about on. to end. When, <laughs> when you first get ripped off by your first business partner, it's very emotionally draining. Mm. Like you will take that shit home with you. Yeah. It'll affect your relationship at mm -hmm. home. Mm. Um, some people turn to alcohol, yep. drugs to really escape it. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's heartbreaking, man. Like it really, really, get, you get emotional over it. But after time, you start... It happens again, yep. and it will happen again, and you build this strength to get through it, emotional strength, yep. where you can actually remove that emotion mm -hmm. and just go, you know what, it's business, I'm going to go find bigger problems now. Move on. Learn from it, move on. That's it. Oh, very interesting one, number nine. Haters. Haters, essential. They are always going to come when you are trying to do something different, um, especially successful people, they get a lot of hate, yeah. right? And I always say, if you don't get any hate, you're not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of hate, right? We get a lot of, my personal brand gets a lot of hate. My business gets a lot of hate. This podcast gets a lot of hate. But what we've got to understand is we're actually not going for Australian Prime Minister here. Do you know what I mean? I actually don't give a fuck about that. It's not a popularity contest. Mm -hmm. This here is education for people that want to get educated. So for the people that hate us, and start criticizing us and always point shit out that's wrong, right? This is not for you. That's it. Right? It's for someone else that can really take advantage of it because we love our audience. We love our podcast listeners. We love the loyalty, right? Mm -hmm. But we're always going to get hate. And as you go along the financial um, success path, mm -hmm. you're going to get people looking at you going, you know, why would you do that? And jealousy is massive in this country. And that's the main reason why a lot of people will hate. I think a, a key takeaway in this topic is something I found, you can't please everyone. 
just remember you can't please everyone. I was trying to please everyone through my professional services, all that kind of thing. And I got to the point, someone left my, my service because I was too relaxed in a meeting. I'd never heard of such a thing. I just had a relaxed demeanor about me in a meeting and the client left. What did you want, do? They yeah. didn't want to deal Feet with Feet up me. on the table. No, no, no. <laughs> just, I, I just had a relaxing vibe about me. Yeah. And, and the client um, thought because I was so relaxed that I, could, I, I wasn't stressing about her situation. I was trying to calm her down. Ah, I'm like, okay. I don't understand that. But from that point on, a few years back, I was like, I can't please everyone. And I just realized that. So I'm not upset in case if someone is to not like me for whatever reason i'm not upset anymore and i think what what happens over time this sort of thing builds up so when you're younger it's hard you're very impressionable mm. you might be hurt by certain things i used to get teased growing up right so uh it's about building resilience in high school what was my name in high school chicken burger why was that because you're fat i look like a chicken burger yeah <laughs> so but in high school i used to cop a lot of shit uh, I was the same, same weight I am now, but I was half the size, half the height. So copped it a lot. And what that did, instead of, initially it was, it was painful, it was hurtful. But over time, I, I took it as um, energy to do something good with that negativity. Um, that, that was a tongue-in-cheek sort of play-around thing. But at school, there was more, you know, worse things said. And, uh, but it hurts you more then, right? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. And, and, and you have to get through that sort of, oh, blame yourself and take it negative and go, okay, well reevaluate myself actually that they're, they're right i am overweight i'm gonna go you fix. are a chicken burger yeah, so gotta, you know going upgrade to a big mac I gotta, exactly <laughs> <laughs> but what it did it made me evaluate okay is there something wrong the hate i was like oh, is there something wrong if there was fix it if not then there's just you, you may change be, right may change you may like, change and it, i it love needed that i needed love that. using hate as fuel mm. right to prove people wrong like we have so many critics mm. That, mind you, are not experts in anything, yeah. right? They're just critics of every Everything. single thing. Like I had a guy the other day ask, oh, why do you do your podcasts on stools? And I, said, I was like, <laughs> mate, do you understand the value that we're delivering to our it's audience? It's not even relevant. He didn't even give a fuck about the podcast. He was asking, <laughs> why do we do it on stools? Like he was pointing something out that it was like he was being negative about it. And I was like, mate, how's your podcast going? <laughs> right it just didn't it, it didn't make sense yeah. so you're gonna always have people pointing out things that are wrong mm. they, they think that you're doing wrong but if they're not where you want to be then they're just a hater yeah. that's all they are now use the hate to as fuel right to prove them wrong because I, i'm telling you now i've got so many haters they're silent haters just like we've got silent mentors we've got silent haters they don't actually hate you in public or through social media or anything like that but they'll do it behind your back ah uh, so hidden they hate. won't clap when you win hidden, trust me hidden and, hate and it's mostly the people that you grew up with right a lot of people are like oh hang on no everyone that i know is going to really love what i do right my wife and i we come from a very small time a town just like you sam right we go back there do you know how much hate we get mm how much silent hate we get, mm, mm, mm. right? Because of what we've created, what we've done. And you know what? We don't give a fuck. We just keep moving forward, mm, right? Mm. Don't let that slow you down. But they are critical in terms of building your team because they're going to be there. You've got to expect I, it. I think accept and embrace it. It's going to happen. Yep. Just expect it and deal with it. Turn it into a positive. That's all you can do. On the other hand, mm. on a more positive note, the cheerleaders. you need cheerleaders. Right? You need people that support you. These could be family, friends, your, your customers, your clients. 
Um, these are people that you just, you need to build a team of cheerleaders. You've got to keep adding to them because they're going to fly your flag. They're going to push you when times are going to get tough. Um, you need a lot more positive people in your life. Instead of focus, focusing your attention on those haters, focus on those guys that are helping you out, giving you positive vibes and, and keep them close because you're going to cop the shit from the haters and these guys are going to just help you reinforce that you're doing the right thing, you're doing good things. They're going to balance out the bullshit. And very key, man, that sort of emotional uh, balance in your head and your direction, these guys are going to help keep you going forward are very critical, very cri critical people. And as you get more and more successful, what you'll find is like, there's not as many positive people around. You actually get a lot more hate than positivity when you become more successful. Why do you think that is? I think we live in a country where tall poppy syndrome is very, very strong, right? Like people don't like to see other people doing well, or they like to see people doing well, but not better than them. Mm. And the problem is, is that a lot of the positivity will drop off. So my tip is to continually to add new people who are positive to your network, because these people are critical in building your team. And without them, then there's no pleasure in the success, right? So keep adding positive people to your network. Well, like you said, you can't cheer alone. You need cheerleaders to cheer with. Yeah. Right? So have them in your corner. Number 11 is the last one, and it's the most important one. What is it? It's you, as in you guys out there listening to this podcast. Without you in the team, then, There's you no know, need for a team. Yeah, <laughs> right? There is a no need to all of these people that we spoke about. And, you know, investing in yourself, you know, like personal capital, mm -hmm. trying to get yourself better so you bring more value to the table so other people will want to be involved with you mm. is really important. I think people miss out on that because people look at building a team, they don't bring any skill set or value to the table, just like all those people who ask for a mentor, but they don't bring anything, right? Really what they should be doing, if they don't have a skill set, my tip to you is pay to play, mm -hmm. right? Pay. Pay. You know, offer someone five grand. Offer someone ten grand. Offer someone lunch. Mm. Just offer something. If you don't have some sort of value to bring to the table, bring money, mm -hmm. right? Pay if you don't it. have the money, go steal it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Go make it. Go make it. I think in business, it's, it's like a reflection of life. You're going to have problems pop up. It's, it's a given. How many problems do you deal with every day? Oh, Many, Countless. Many, right? Countless. And, and how do you get through them? Having a team. Have a team. Having man. guys Have... to call upon, right? So in life and in business, they're sort of going to be the same people. They just overlap in certain areas. You need to call upon these people so you can deal with those problems as easy as you can, as efficiently as you can, so you can keep moving forward. I think actually, you know, is. if you go through all of these people that we've just gone through, bar the haters, I'm actually the dumbest person out of them all, <laughs> right? So I need to use these people to get the answer or to get to where I wanna be. So without the team, right, you're nowhere, right? But going back to you, mm. you do need to invest in yourself, yep. right? Because if you are of high value, yep. people want to join your team, yep. hands down. 100% agreed. All right, well, that's it for the Money Club Series episode for today. Thanks, Sam. I enjoyed no that one. It was fun. Thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next time, peace. See you, guys.